Well, good morning, church family. It's a great time for us to be able to gather back around God's Word, and we're going to continue in the book of Acts. I want you to look with me at Acts chapter 18. We're going to walk through the first 22 verses there in Acts chapter 18. The message is entitled, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. Eugene Peterson, uh, the translator of the message version of the Bible, and, and just a great pastor, very wise guy, made the comment one time that the Christian life was a long obedience in the same direction. I don't know if you've ever uh, taken a journey or if you've ever tried to run a, a long distance race, maybe a marathon or something like that. Personally, about three miles is all I'm going to run. However, there are those who love to train for marathons and run marathons. Some may even uh, like to hike something like the Appalachian Trail or something like that. And the thing that we know about those endeavors is that it takes time. It takes putting one foot in front of the next step after step after step to reach the end of the journey to, uh, to accomplish that marathon or to make it to the end of the Appalachian Trail. And here's the problem with that in the context of our society. We want things to happen instantly. We want things to happen immediately. Our lives are centered around how can we do the least amount and still get what we want? How do we accomplish maybe a goal but not have to spend all of our lives trying to accomplish that goal? Or how do we reach the end of a journey without having to put in all of the steps? I mean, we uh, surround ourselves with gadgets and tools and technology to try to keep us from having to do certain things. And yet, what's interesting and what we're going to see in the text this morning is that the Christian life is not an easy fix. It's not something that's quick, that's going to come to us and we're going to be done. It is a long journey of obedience. As Eugene Peterson said, it is a long obedience in the same direction. That's the direction of following Jesus Christ. What we're going to see in Acts chapter 18 is that lived out in the Apostle Paul's life. You know, there's been moments as we've walked through the book of Acts where we've seen incredible things happen. Uh, even with Paul and Silas, as we saw the jail shaken because of an earthquake and them let out. I mean, we've seen just amazing things happen. And yet what we're going to see in chapter 18, these first 22 verses, is normal everyday life. The mundane moments of everyday life in the Apostle Paul's journey of walking with Jesus and seeking to fulfill the mission. And I want you to think about this as we walk through this text. Do you despise the mundane moments of life? Or is that where you see God at work? I want you to look with me, Acts chapter 18, beginning in verse 1. I want to read the text for us, and then we'll walk back through it together. This is what Luke records, beginning in verse 1 of Acts chapter 18. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, recently come from Italy with his wife, Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all Jews to leave Rome. And when he went to see them, because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for they were tent makers by trade. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade Jews and Greeks. 
When Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul was occupied with the word, testifying to the Jews that Christ was Jesus. And when they opposed and reviled him, he shook out his garments and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. And he left there and went to the house of a man named Titius Justus, a worshiper of God. His house was next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord together with his entire household. And many of the Corinthians, hearing Paul, believed and were baptized. And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you. For I have many in this city who are my people. And he stayed a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. But when Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews made a united attack on Paul and brought him before the tribunal, saying, This man is persuading people to worship God contrary to the law. But when Paul was about to open his mouth, Gallio said to the Jews, If it were a matter of wrongdoing or vicious crime, O Jews, I would have reason to accept your complaint. But since it is a matter of questions about words and names and your own law, see to it yourselves. I refuse to be a judge of these things. And he drove them from the tribunal. And they seized Sosthenes, the ruler of the synagogue, and beat him in front of the tribunal. But Gallio paid no attention to any of this. After this, Paul stayed many days longer and then took leave of the brothers and set sail for Syria, and with him Priscilla and Aquila. At Sentry, he had cut his hair, for he was under a vow, and they came to Ephesus, and he left them there, but he himself went into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to stay for a longer period, he declined. But on taking leave of them, he said, I will return to you if God wills. And he set sail from Ephesus. And when he had landed at Caesarea, he went up and greeted the church and then went down to Antioch. After spending some time there, he departed and went from one place to the next through the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. Father, we ask this morning that you would open our eyes that we would be able to see. You would open our ears that we would be able to hear. You would open our hearts and our minds that we would be ready to respond to your word and to your spirit. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. You know, as we look at the text, it's interesting to me that on the heels of some incredible things, seeing God work in Paul's life and in Paul's ministry, chapter 18, to me, just doesn't really have the punch that we've seen earlier in previous chapters. I mean, it doesn't really have that moment, that incredible outpouring of the work of God. It doesn't have really a miracle that we can latch on to and say, wow, look at what God did there. In fact, what I'm seeing in Acts chapter 18 is just the mundane moments in Paul's life seeking to follow Jesus. And I think it's important for us as we consider Acts chapter 18 to really take a deep dive into that reality. That for Paul, the Christian life was not only moments of incredible outpouring of the work of God. It was also moments that were very mundane 
and yet he walked in obedience to the Lord in those moments. And there's three things I notice about Paul in the text as we've been walking through these verses in Acts chapter 18. And as he spent time, first off, there in Corinth, it's a city that he would write letters to, the books of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, back to the believers in that city. Uh, he goes on and he moves into Ephesus, and then we see at the end there that he's moving into Caesarea and to Antioch. He's journeying to these cities, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, reasoning with the Jews in the synagogues, and then when they reject him, going and sharing the gospel with the Gentiles. I mean, it's just a constant progression of those things taking place in Paul's life. And what I notice about that is that Paul was focused on the mission that God had called him to fulfill. Like even in the mundane moments of Paul's life, even when things weren't exactly exciting or when persecution came against him, that Paul remained laser focused on what God had called him to do. As we said earlier, thinking about running a marathon or thinking about uh, walking the Appalachian Trail, you know, the thing that is at the forefront of people's minds as they go to accomplish those tasks is the end objective the goal at the end, and you have to focus in on that goal to be able to achieve it. And, and what I see in Paul's life here, in the mundane moments of ministry, in the mundane moments of seeking to fulfill God's mission, that he remains focused on what God has called him to do. Regardless of what's going on around him, regardless of how uh, unimpressive it may be in those mundane moments, he remains focused on what God has called him to do. And so as he goes into Corinth, he reasons with the Jews in the synagogue. They say, we're not interested. He goes to the Gentiles and shares the gospel, and people come to faith in Jesus Christ. When he goes into Ephesus, he reasons with the Jews. They kick him out. He goes and shares the gospel with the Gentiles, and Ephesus is transformed by the gospel. Everywhere Paul goes, it seems like that's exactly what happens. You could write a script based on his movements and the way things play out. And it's interesting to me that even in the midst of all of that, he remains focused on what God has called him to do. Not only does Paul remain focused in this, but Paul was faithful in doing what God had called him to do. Even facing persecution, even facing just ordinary daily life, even at Part of the time in Corinth with Priscilla and Aquila, uh, working as a tent maker to support himself as he was trying to preach the gospel there. What we see in Paul is a faithfulness to do what God had called him to do each step that he took. As Eugene Peterson said, a long obedience in the same direction. Paul was faithful to do what God had called him to do. And then lastly, what we see is that Paul was fruitful. So in every city that Paul is going into, whether it's Corinth at the beginning of Acts chapter 18, or whether it's Ephesus as we move through in Acts chapter 18, or Antioch, or any other location that Paul is journeying into, what we see is that there is fruit that is born there. People are coming to faith in Jesus Christ because of him being focused on the mission that God's called him to fulfill and being faithful to do what God has called him to do. He's focused, he's faithful, and ultimately, he's fruitful. 
But what we see taking place in Acts chapter 18 is, is not mountaintop moments in Paul's life. It's the mundane, ordinary moments of Paul's life and ministry. No mountaintops, a lot of valleys, but then just a lot of obedience, walking with Jesus, seeking to make an impact in the culture because that is what Jesus had called him to do. So as we take a few minutes to worship together, I want us to reflect on, on those truths, to think about Paul being focused on the mission, to think about Paul being faithful to share the gospel, to do what God had called him to do, and then Paul being fruitful even in the mundane, ordinary moments of life. Let's worship together. As we gather back around the text, I want us to think about some specific application that we can take from Acts chapter 18 as we think about just the ordinary moments of everyday life as a believer, as we look at Paul's example of being focused on the mission, of being faithful to do what God had called him to do, and then experiencing fruit as a result of that. Let, let's think about that in relation to our own lives as believers. I don't know if you have experienced this like I've experienced this, but I've often seen that the mundane moments of life is where the most growth as a believer occur. Now, there's always those mountaintop experiences. I remember being a teenager and going to church camp and, and just feeling like I was on the mountain. I was closer to the Lord than I've ever been. But what's interesting about that is it seems like when we leave those moments, when we come down off of those mountains, it's almost like we go into a sense of, of spiritual depression where we wonder, man, how do I get that back? And what I want to encourage you today with and challenge you today with and what we see in the text today is that Paul was not living on the mountaintop all the time that in fact, Paul's life and ministry was primarily spent in a long obedience in the same direction, in the mundane, everyday moments of life, journeying with Jesus. And what I want to encourage you today, if you're a follower of Jesus, that that is where the primary growth in your walk with the Lord happens. It's not in those mountaintop experiences, even though those can be wonderful. It's in the daily journey with Jesus. It's walking in obedience with him. And so I want you to think about this main idea that as we look at the application, I want us to focus in on, and that's this, the Christian life is a marathon of obedience, and God is at work every step along the journey. The Christian life is a marathon of obedience. Marathon meaning it's a long time. It's not a sprint. We're not sprinting as Christians. We are in a marathon. It is a long distance journey. And it's a long distance journey of walking in obedience with the Lord. And the good news is that every step of that journey, God is with us, working in us, and working through us for His glory. So as we think about the first point we looked at that Paul was focused on the mission, I want to ask this question of you. Are you excited about the mission that God has called you to fulfill? And we talked about this early in the book of Acts, and we've talked about it each week as we've seen the gospel continue to spread throughout the known world that Jesus, leaving this earth, gave his disciples a mission to accomplish. That mission was to make other disciples. 
So as they walked in their journey with Jesus, they were to look around them at the culture and the people that were in their spheres of influence, and they were to share the hope that they had found in Jesus Christ with those that were around them. And they were excited to fulfill that mission. They knew that Jesus Christ had been raised from the dead. They had seen him with their very eyes. And as a result of that, it pushed them to fulfill that mission, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others who were far from him. They were excited about the mission. And that's the question for us as well. Are we, as believers, excited about the mission that God has called us to fulfill in this world? The mission of making disciples. The mission of, first, us being disciples, walking with Jesus in obedience every single day, and then leveraging our influence with other people, whether co-workers or neighbors or friends or family, to share the hope we found in Jesus Christ. Does that excite us? You know, one of the things that you can see in our culture is that we look for things to get excited about. We look for opportunities to get excited, whether that's college football or whether that's some other event that's coming up, whether that's for us uh, vacation that we're looking forward to going on. We get excited about those things. We look forward to those things. They energize us and excite us. And the reality for us as Christians is that the mission that God has called us to fulfill should excite us. Like when our feet hit the floor in the morning, we should be excited about what God's called us to do. And so are you, as a follower of Jesus, excited about the mission of making disciples, of sharing the hope that you found in Jesus Christ with someone else? You know, we said last week that for every single person on this planet, there's a deep longing for something to fill the hole that is in their soul. And we've said that Jesus Christ is the only person who can do that. And it should excite us to know that truth. It should excite us to know that there are people searching for something that will fill that void in their lives. And we as Christians have the answer. And that answer is a relationship with Jesus Christ. That should excite us. That should energize us. That should fire us up. When our feet hit the floor in the morning, knowing that we've been called to a mission, and that is a mission greater than anything else we can give our lives to, the mission of sharing the hope we found in Jesus Christ with people who are longing and looking for something to satisfy the deepest longings of their soul. I want us to think about this as well. Are you enamored with the ordinary? Are you enamored with the ordinary? One of the things that I said about Paul is not only that he was focused on the mission, but he was faithful to do what God had called him to do. And in Acts chapter 18, if you read through that chapter, the verses that we've covered, it's almost like it's maybe a bit boring. I hate, you hate to say that about scripture. Of course, it's not boring. We're seeing God at work and those are incredible things. But kind of when you stack them up side by side to an earthquake that frees them from jail, when you stack that up side by side to Peter's shadow healing people we covered earlier in the book of Acts, you look at these verses that we've covered and you go, ah, that's just not that exciting. And I want you to know that we don't live our lives in that mindset. We don't live our lives going from excitement to excitement to excitement. 
Now, we may post that on social media. We may have our highlight reel for everyone else to see, to, to think that we're constantly on vacation and we're constantly reading our Bibles and we're constantly happy with our spouse and we constantly love our kids. And, and yet we know that that's just not real. That's a facade that's put up. But here's the reality. God has called us to walk with Him in obedience every single day in the mundane moments of ordinary life. And for us as Christians, we should be enamored with the ordinary. We should be enamored. That means wonder struck by the ordinary days that God gives us. The ordinary days of waking up and helping our kids get ready to go to school or the ordinary days of waking up and, and exercising and then going to work and working a full day and then coming home and cooking dinner. The ordinary moments of life are moments that God gives us to walk in obedience to Him. And I think for us, if we are not careful, we will simply look at the Christian life as a highlight reel. We will look at the Christian life as those moments where we're on the mountain, or we'll look at the Christian life and think it's important on Sunday, but not necessarily important throughout the rest of the week. And, and I want to challenge you in that. I want you to adjust your mindset to recognize that we as believers can become enamored with the ordinary days that God gives us. Every single day the Lord gives us is a gift. Every single day is an opportunity for us as believers to worship Him with every aspect of our being, even in work, even in the daily routines that we walk through. For us, we have the opportunity to rejoice and to be excited and to be enamored with those ordinary moments. And here's the important part. God works in those ordinary moments of our lives. God works in the everyday moments with our kids. God works in the everyday moments with our spouse. God works in the everyday moments of our job. God works in those everyday, ordinary moments for us to grow to look more like Jesus Christ. And so we shouldn't despise the ordinary. In fact, I think we should become enamored with the ordinary. We should look at every day as a gift God has given us even in the mundane parts of it, to grow in our walk with Him and to be used by Him to accomplish the mission He's called us to accomplish. And then lastly, what we saw is that Paul saw fruit as he lived out those ordinary moments of every single day. And I want to ask you that question. Are you expecting fruit in your life? Are you expecting fruit in the daily mundane moments of life? Fruit of growing in Christ-likeness in your own life and then fruit of sharing the gospel and seeing people trust Jesus as their Savior as you've done. You know, I think for us as believers, one of the things that we should expect is for God to work and for there to be fruit in our own lives as we grow in Christ-likeness and there to be fruit as we see other people turn from their sin and trust Jesus as their Savior. We as believers should expect that. We should long for that. We should celebrate that when we see the fruit of God at work in the ordinary moments of our lives. You know, one of the things that I think this may give us an opportunity to do is to help our kids see that that is what it means to walk in relationship 
with Jesus Christ. It's not the VBS week. It's not the camp. It's not those mountaintop moments. In fact, it's when mom and dad and boys and girls are walking daily with Jesus, daily at school, daily in the grocery store, daily with coworkers, when we are simply walking the journey of obedience with Jesus. That is where God most powerfully works in our lives and in the lives of those that we encounter. And so one of the things that I hope as as we walk away from these verses in Acts chapter 18 is that you and I would recognize that we are not in a sprint right now as Christians. In fact, we are in a marathon. We are running the race that God has called us to run. We are looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We are looking at his example of walking in obedience to his heavenly father. We're looking at examples of people like Paul as they walked in obedience daily with the Lord and God used them in incredible ways. And I want to encourage you as we reflect on that, as we think about that, let's be okay with enjoying the ordinary moments of life. Let's lean into those. Let's be excited about the mission that God has called us to fulfill. Let's be enamored with the ordinary moments of walking in obedience with Him every single day. And then let's expect God to work powerfully, both in our lives and in the lives of people that we encounter day in and day out. Church, I'm convinced that God wants to work in our lives, not just on Sunday when we hear His Word preached, not just on those mountaintop moments when we are away or when we are at camp as students or when we have VBS week or whatever that may be. God wants to work in our lives every single second of every single day as we journey with Jesus in obedience. And I want to encourage you, lean into those moments. Take that and recognize that that is where God does his most powerful work of transformation in us and through us as we walk with him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, for the reminder once again that you are at work in the ordinary mundane moments of our lives. Help us not despise those, but help us to lean into those, to take the time to walk in obedience with you, to allow you to work in and through us for your glory and for your purpose. And God, help us see the fruit and be able to celebrate what you're doing in the ordinary moments of our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.